Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. We usually reproach people for talking about themselves, but why should we? And why shouldn't they? Isn't this the subject they know best and love best and that inspires them the most? And many people who don't like the self they have talk about the self they would like to be. Sometimes they talk too much and to the wrong audience, which is why we have so many murder stories. I must get in to see her. But what can I do about it? There's a law. What does the law mean to a man in your position? I have to obey the law the same as everyone. I don't care. Do something. Anything. Blackmail them. Celeste. Buy the place. Or commit murder. Our mystery drama, In the Name of Love was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Terry Keene and Norman Rose. I'll be back shortly with Act One. You're not required to answer this question, but... Have you ever unburdened yourself to a complete stranger? A chance-met seatmate, perhaps, on a plane or a train? Told someone you've never seen before and will never see again intimate personal details that you've kept secret from even your closest friends? As I said, you are not required to answer. A huge supersonic jet is being wafted through space between Paris and New York. Aboard, up forward in the luxurious first-class lounge, sits a well-groomed, attractive woman. Next to her, a well-groomed, attractive man. The two, who just happen to be sitting near each other, are whiling away the journey with polite, meaningless small talk. I, uh, suppose we take it for granted by now. Take what for granted? All this, what we're doing. How we can travel across the Atlantic in practically the twinkling of an eye? Mm, I don't know. I made better time last trip. No, did you? Yes. I have a luncheon date. I'm going to be late. That's too bad. No great tragedy. Missing a meal now and then is hardly the worst thing for one's diet. I suppose so. Actually, it's a blessing. A what? Oh... That isn't important. No, no, I I heard what you said. It just sounded rather peculiar. I beg your pardon. Oh, please, forgive me. It's just that sometimes someone says something and it strikes a chord. In this case, a discord. Well, what did I say? Uh, Well, it doesn't matter. But I really should explain, I suppose. Explain what? Well, I just wasn't prepared to hear anyone say that missing a meal could be a blessing. Uh, to imply that, that food could be something that's inconvenient or uh, troublesome. Not where there are people who are dying of starvation. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said that. It seems to have offended you. Offended? 
perhaps that wasn't the correct word. I was in Europe just now to take part in a conference on... I suppose I might just as well call it by its right name. Starvation. Uh, I'm upsetting you. Well, now that you've participated, have you solved the problem? Well, I don't think we'll ever solve the problem. Not in the foreseeable future, at any rate. Are you a professional in the field? A fundraiser or a functionary of one kind or another? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just a volunteer businessman. I feel that people should devote a portion of their time and effort and money to just helping out. Very commendable. Um, it's been very nice talking to you, but now if you'll excuse me. <laughs> I'm sure that really isn't true. I'm sure it hasn't been nice talking to me. And I'm sorry. You must let me explain. What is there to explain? I don't want you to go away thinking that I'm a fanatic of some sort. I had a very shocking and moving experience. What I'm trying to say is that in the ordinary way, I don't make people uncomfortable. Well, that's certainly in your favor. This conference I attended, you know, it, it opened up a world I never knew existed. I may have been aware of it. I suppose we all are, but... I mean, to be confronted with it was just too much. Oh, well, I hope you'll feel better soon. Well, I don't know if I'll ever really feel better again. Uh, as I said, it's been nice talking to you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, no. Just a moment. I resent your attitude. What? I'm sorry, I didn't... I didn't you mean... spoke to me as if I were Marie Antoinette. Qu'il mange de la brioche. Let him eat cake. I am very aware of the cruelties and the suffering of the world. Oh, look, I had no intention... Oh, of... yes, you did. So eager to flaunt your newfound social conscience. Your heart aches so much for children. Uh, do you have any of your own? Well, I, I never married. I was always too busy. Mm, making money, no doubt. Yes, I confess. You don't have to confess anything to me. You see, I at least have a child. And I adopted her when she was six years old. Today, she's a lovely young lady of 20. You're very fortunate. I envy you. <laughs> a daughter. Oh, do you have a picture? A picture? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, of course. May I see it? Why? Be because if, if she's yours, she must be beautiful. <laughs> well, how can I resist that? Wait. Oh, yes. Beautiful. You know, somehow she looks familiar. Familiar? Could I have seen her somewhere? Well, most kids today look very much alike, the way they wear their hair and dress. Yeah, that's true. What's your name? Maureen. Oh, yes. Beautiful girl. Lovely name. Yes. And it's not just on the outside. She's really a most unusual girl. Ladies and gentlemen, please fasten your seatbelts to prepare for our landing in New York City. Oh, that's the voice that literally brings me back to Earth. <laughs> Once I get started on my daughter. I understand. Well, what a fortunate woman you are. Well, goodbye. And it really has been nice talking to you. Celeste. Yes, come on in. Just get back? Hmm, plane landed less than an hour ago. 
All right, what's it all about? Is it going to be a long story? It's going to be a good story. Well, it had better be to drag me back from Europe just when I decided to take another week off. Have you ever heard of quantum industries? Who hasn't? We have a shot at them. Oh, which division? The whole works. I thought Naylor and Evans had a lock on them. Al Drake managed to open the door. The entire advertising responsibility for quantum? How many millions of dollars are we talking about? It scares me. How far is Al gone? He's at the U point. The me point? Mm-hmm. It's time for your thing. You have to go in for the kill. Well, what's the program? Now, let me pull together Al's notes. Won't take me a minute. Well, take at least five. I have to make an important call. Yes, ma'am. And I am not to be interrupted. Don't tell me you finally met somebody over in Europe. No, I didn't meet anybody. Well, that's too bad. It isn't too bad. It's too late. You're still a delectable woman. Close the door on your way out? Sure. Mother. I know, finally. I just got back. Oh, it was interesting, I suppose, but it was lonesome without you. I would have stayed longer, but good old Joe Daly set up a flare. Uh, no, I haven't met any interesting men. Have you? <laughs> well, let's talk about it at dinner. No, no, no. I won't let you break a date just so you can eat dinner with your old mom. No, darling. It's a bad habit. Don't get into it. If you end up an old maid 20 years from now, I don't want you to say it was all my fault. Because you will, you know. God. No, don't cut the evening short either. I'll be up when you get home. See you later, Maureen, darling. brief you on quantum. Fine. Who makes the decision? Roger Carlson. Roger Carlson. Mm-hmm. Roger Carlson is quantum industries. He takes pains to keep out of the limelight. He only services when there's a major decision to be made. Mm-hmm. What's known about the man? Does he collect stamps, butterflies, women? I have to have something to go on. You'll have to go up against him cold. No, Joseph. Carlson has already set up the meeting, which is why we sent you the SOS to come home. When? Tomorrow morning, for breakfast. What? That's Mr. Carlson. They say he's a morning person. (sighs) Where? His suite at the Ritz Plaza. Oh, no. You're the famous Celeste Manning. (laughs) And you're the all-powerful Roger Carlson. (laughs) We meet again. Well, had we known, we could have held the meeting on the plane. No, no. I enjoyed the conversation we did have so much more than any possible discussion of business. Well, then, shall we now get down to business? Oh, no. Not until after breakfast. Oh, uh, may I present Joe Daly, who will be able to supply us with any document that may be required? How do you do, sir? Hello, Joe. Well, why don't we sit down? Uh, dare I say that it's a small world? 
Uh, the chief executive officer of Quantum Industries may say anything he likes. Now, Mrs. Manning. Miss Manning. Uh, Miss Manning, uh, please do not be impressed with me. Or uh, how can I help it? Well, you certainly weren't on the plane the other day. Oh, had I but known. Yes, had you but known, we might have developed a most artificial relationship. And this way? Well, at least we have an idea of each other's true character. Well, that must have been some plane ride. Yes. And how is the lovely Marine? Marine? Yes. Oh, yes, she's fine. Is that all you can say, a non-committal fine, after the way you raved about her? Well, <laughs> she's, she's fine. I tell you, Joe, you don't want to let this one get started on the subject of Marine. But I guess you, you know that already. Uh, have you met young Al Drake at our company? Oh, uh, yes. And I was impressed enough to take your outfit seriously. Well, uh, you'll discover that we're completely equipped to handle everything. Yes, I've already ascertained all that. But this is business, and we're still at breakfast. And I make it a rule never to combine the two. And I'd rather discuss Marine. What a lovely and unusual young lady she is. Uh, excuse me. Yes. Later. Well, why can't it wait? Oh, oh, I see. All right, hold on. Well, you see, I no sooner tell you that I have a rule and I'm forced to break it. Will you excuse me for just a few minutes? I have to take this inside. Celeste. Celeste, what did you tell this guy? What did you tell him? What did she tell him? We were listening very closely. Did she seem to say anything that appeared to be out of line? Obviously she must have. Else why would right-hand man Joe Daly be so upset? The second act, the act of illumination, shall soon be here. When lonely strangers meet... Who can tell which one is indiscreet? Obviously, the poet doesn't know. Do we? Perhaps this is why we seek to exchange confidences with strangers, so that we may commit indiscretions with impunity. Has our Miss Celeste Manning been indiscreet lately? Obviously. Celeste, what did you tell Roger Carlson on that airplane? Nothing. But, uh, who is this Maureen? Joe, just forget it. Well, if you say so. But it seems I'm supposed to know about her. I said to forget it. Now, let me worry about it. Okay. I just wish I knew what's going on. What's all this about a Maureen? I believe we have the top people in every category. Research creative, administration, marketing. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't have to push so hard. You've got the account. Oh, thank you. We've been watching you over the past two years. We've seen how you work. Oh, there'll be considerable negotiating and all that sort of thing to go through, but you and I have people who handle those details. Yes. Leaving us free for grand strategy. I wonder how to go about setting up mine. Your strategy? Yes. Well, what's your problem? Um, in a word, you. Me? When I saw you on the plane, I said to myself, this is a woman I will simply have to get to know. Oh? 
I want you to know this. It has nothing to do with the account. <laughs> that is reassuring. Hmm. You see, I... I missed so much in life. It's my own fault, of course. Of course. I think what iced it for me was when you spoke of your daughter. Here was an opportunity at, at one stroke to make up for everything. A wife, family. And all this time I thought what I had to offer was the most efficient and effective advertising agency in the world. I can imagine how this sounds. I wonder. But I, I've always been like this. I say things that may sound way out to others, but... Well, if I feel them, why not say them? Why not indeed? I wonder if I might take you and Maureen to dinner one night. Uh, well, Maureen is going away. She intends to stay with a friend for a while on the West Coast. Oh. Well, could we make it some evening before she leaves? We could try. Are you having a problem, Mr. Carlson? Is it that obvious? Yes. I know you asked me to lunch for a purpose. Oh, quite frankly, I'm in love with your boss. Well, that's obvious. <laughs> that's a relief. Now we can get to it. You know, I cannot get to first base. You're not the only one. What am I doing wrong? Nothing. It's just that she was always too busy for romance. Now she thinks she's too old. But it isn't true. Well, that's what she thinks, so for her it's true. There must have been romance in her life at least once. Why do you say that? Well, she has a daughter. Who has a daughter? Who are we talking about? Celeste. Celeste doesn't have a daughter. She doesn't have a daughter named Maureen. Oh. Uh, Maureen. Now, just a minute, Joe. What is going on here? Does Celeste have or does Celeste not have a daughter? Well, she... Joe, there is no percentage in lying to me. Does she? Hello, darling. It's Mother. I just wanted to find out if you arrived safely. Oh, wonderful. Well, I know. I miss you, too. Ted, what about him? Oh, well, if he misses you all that much, he can always fly out there. I mean, that's how you'll know it's love. How else do you know? <laughs> well, for one thing, if it's really love, you never have to ask. Oh, there's somebody at the door, darling. Call me later tonight after you get settled in. We'll talk then. Bye now. Just a minute, please. Miss Manning? Oh. Uh, Celeste, uh, I, uh, I had to see you. Uh, Celeste, Mr. Carson. Uh, all right, come in. I, uh, I have to talk to you. I discuss business during office hours. Well, I haven't come here to discuss business. Well, what else is there to discuss? You know how I feel about you. I'm sorry, Mr. Carson. I'm sorry, too. I have never been in love. And when I did fall for the first time, it had to be with a woman like you. I didn't ask you to fall in love with me. You are a clever woman. The way you worked me over on that airplane. On the airplane? When you found out how I felt about children, you played your trump. You told me about your daughter. Your daughter, I might add, who does not exist. 
What are you saying about Maureen? I am saying you do not have a daughter named Maureen, nor a daughter named anything else. You knew who I was all along. Maureen was just a ploy to capture my attention, to uh, enlist my sympathy. Get out of here. Well, it doesn't matter. Did you hear what I said? You do not have a daughter, but it doesn't matter. I don't care. How dare you? Shall I tell you who Maureen is? You leave and you take your account with you. Maureen is a fantasy. That's a lie. Is it? Maureen exists. Oh, of course she exists. She's flesh and blood. Yes, but not yours. Oh, I put it together. It occurred to me that, uh, that picture... Why did it look so familiar? Where had I seen that breathtakingly beautiful face before? Of course. She's Marine Lovell, the movie star. You don't know what you're talking about. You said you had adopted her when she was six. Well, that's when you would have first noticed her. That is when she made her first picture. Please, don't say another word. You adopted her in your mind, in your fantasy. There's a whole life you share with this girl in your mind. Am I telling the truth? Yes. Yes. What's the difference? Because the truth is important. To whom? And for what? Does the truth let you sleep better at night? Does it make you happier? Celeste, I am only trying... Who is asking you? Who needs you? Who sent for you? Look, let's be realistic. You can be as realistic as you please. As far as I'm concerned, she is my daughter... And you won't take her away from me. Don't you understand that you're living in a fantasy world? I live in two separate and distinct worlds. Which one is the fantasy? The cutthroat, the dog-eat-dog jungle that you and I prowl every day, taking what we choose by force and cunning. That world drains you, exhausts you. There's no peace, no rest. You live moment by moment with a constantly improvised strategy. Where is the time for love in such a world? Did you find the time for it? Oh. No, I didn't either. But I had to have some kind of reality. And so to get it, I had to retreat into a world of make-belief. Yes. I wanted... A little girl to adore and to raise. But I wasn't willing. I couldn't pay the price. The real price. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. And there she was. On the screen. This lovable little blue-eyed girl with the long blonde hair. Why couldn't she be my daughter? In the most private place in my heart... Why couldn't we talk and be like mother and child? And we were. And this little exercise of the imagination, this has been enough for you? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Why did you have to destroy it? Well, how did I destroy it? You invaded a private place, a hidden place. A quiet retreat of dreams and illusions. I only wanted to show you. Why did you bring in the sunlight? The harsh, blinding, burning sunlight. Celeste, I want to help you. Help me. I want so little. Why did you have to kill it? 
Looking at it from your hard-headed point of view, perhaps it was a sad and pathetic thing, but it was my own. Listen, I want to help you now. I came here because I thought that I should... Well, I thought that I should be the one to tell you. Tell me what? Besides you, I'm the only one who knows about her. And the only one who understands. What is it you think you should tell me? Celeste. She's gone. Who's gone? Maureen. Gone where? Haven't you read the papers? Listen to the news? She... She simply disappeared. What does that mean? Here. I, uh... I picked this up at the newsstand. Film star vanishes. Foul play suspected in the sudden disappearance of Maureen Lovell. Maureen? Oh, no. Oh, no. Not my little girl. Not my baby. Celeste, she is not your little girl, and she is not your baby either. Don't you dare say that! Celeste, she is a dream. (laughs) All of them are dreams. Marine Lovell, a dream sweetheart for adolescent boys, an aspiration for teenage girls, a companion, a daughter for aging, frustrated women. I am not an aging, frustrated woman. Well, please do not behave like one. I will behave any way I please. Who are you to order me around? I'm only saying what's right. All my life, men have been telling me what's right, and I've been proving them wrong. Do you know who I am? Faith Celeste Manning. That's how I was baptized. But I dropped the faith because I learned the hard way not to have faith in anyone or anything. All by myself, I built an empire. I don't need counseling or advice from you or anybody. All right. What do you want me to do? I want you to get out of here. Very well. No. Uh, Wait. Don't go. Help me. Help you? Help me. (laughs) Do you know what it cost me to say that? Oh, oh, how hard it was for me to say that. It's been 30 years since I asked anybody for help. It just doesn't come easily. But for my little girl, I will ask anyone for anything. Celeste, I want to help you. But I cannot help you preserve this illusion. Help me find her. Someone has to find her. I know how hard it is to wake up from a dream. To me, it is not a dream. To me, it's the truth. To me, she actually is my daughter. My real daughter. And so our mystery deepens. The word real implies flesh and blood, no? Is there that kind of connection between Celeste and Maureen Lovell? Once again, we must define a word which simply defies definition. Real. But that's the task of Act Three. it said, and 
quite possibly agreed that life is real and life is earnest. But like most taken-for-granted statements, this one is usually more honored in the breach. Most of us live in two worlds, don't we? The one we want and the one we must put up with. Which one is more real? About which one are we more earnest? You say that Marine Lovell is your real daughter. Yes. Did you give birth to her? No. Or did you adopt her legally? No. Well, then how can she be your real daughter? What is this, an inquisition? I'm only trying to establish... She a... is my real daughter because she's real to me. Now, is that good enough for you? Oh, Celeste, in the world of business where you made your mark, is that kind of thinking good enough for you? I want my daughter back. All right. Now, what do you want me to do about it? Nothing. I'll find her myself. <laughs> And what is it that you want to see me about, Mr. Uh, what, Jenkins, is it? Uh, yes, Mrs. Manning. Uh, Mr. Carlson told me to report to you. Obviously. If you hadn't used Mr. Carlson's name, you'd never have gotten in here. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm having a bad time. I understand. <laughs> How could you possibly understand? Well, I'm used to it. By the nature of my profession, I usually get to see people who are having a bad time of one kind or another. I'm a private detective. Oh. And Mr. Carlson asked me to look into the disappearance of Miss Maureen Lovell. Have you found any clues? I'm sorry. No. Then nobody knows where she is or if she's been kidnapped. At this point, I would rule out kidnapping. Why? We would have had a ransom demand. But she is gone. Why? How? With Maureen Lovell, anything is possible. I don't know what that means. I suppose you could say that the private life of Maureen Lovell was one of the best-kept secrets in the business. Yes? Everyone's little blue-eyed, blonde-haired sweetheart. The cheerful, wholesome, all-American, next-door beauty. Would you please get to the point? None of it was true. All of it was a public relations smokescreen. And Miss Manning, I don't know how they could have kept the lid on it. Well, I do. If you spend enough money, you can buy any image you like. And they did. How bad is it? Everything. You name it, she's done it. Of course, now the drugs are the worst. If you want my opinion, they spirited her away someplace. I guess it was getting out of control. I see. Is that all you have to say to me? At this time, yes. Then thank you, Mr. Jenkins. Good day. Good day, Miss Fang. Hello? Yeah. Maureen? Maureen? Where are you? Maureen? They told me everything. All about you. Everything. How could you do this to me? 
Maureen, tell me where you are. No, no, don't hang up. Maureen, I forgive you. Don't hang up. Don't. Maureen? Why did you do it? It's only right that you know the truth about your alleged daughter. And now that I know it? Well, it should help you dispel this fantasy. That's what you thought. Celeste, she's just a little tramp. Yes, that's true. So should that be the end of it? Why? Well, I should think it would be obvious. Yes, I suppose you would. Well, you see, this is how and where we find out what love really is. I don't understand. Uh, of course not. How could you? When you found out about this, what you called this uh, fantasy... You thought I was mad. Oh, no. Not exactly. I just I just thought that you were somewhat off base in a certain area, but that's all. I created a full flesh and blood reality for myself. Even if it was all inside of me. I took her through the cute little tomboy period, through the awkward stage. Oh, we had long, serious, confidential talks about boys and sex and life. And I watched her blossom into a radiant beauty. I enjoyed the best of her. Oh, Celeste. But you can't be selective. Not if you really love. Now I have to live with the worst of her. Do you... Do you want this to drive you mad? No. It's going to help keep me sane. She needs me. What do you mean she needs she you? She needs a mother. Right now, more than anything or anyone else, she needs a mother. I'm going to go to her. But how can you hope to find her? They're obviously maintaining a fantastic secrecy. Do you know how many millions are at stake here? Your Mr. Jenkins can find her. Or I can hire my own Mr. Jenkins. <laughs> Hello? Mr. Jenkins. Yes? I found the place. It's located high up in the mountains, north and west of Hollywood. It's called The Retreat. The Retreat. Oh, thank you, Mr. Jenkins. Thank you. You wish to see me? If you're the director of this place. I am Dr. Carlin. How may I help you? I wish to see a patient. Oh, we don't have patients. We have guests. Uh, well, whatever you call them. In any event, we do not permit visitors. You don't? That is why they are here. To separate themselves completely from an intolerable environment. I demand to see Maureen Lovell. I am sorry. We have no guest by that name. Now, see here, doctor. Miss Manning, your reputation has preceded you. I know who you are and how important you think you are. If you insist on a scene, I shall be forced to have you removed from the premises. What do you want me to do? Something. It's a legitimate institution. She's been signed in legally. Why won't they permit visitors? Oh, they have a right to make their own rules. But they can't help her. They have access to the finest medical talent. Only her mother can help oh, her. Oh, Celeste. I know what's wrong with her. Oh, sure you do. I mean it. 
I am asking you to help me get in to see her. And I am telling you that my hands are tied. Well, untie them. What are you? Some ineffectual little clerk somewhere? You're Roger Carlson. You can do anything. Celeste. Don't give me that modest, barefoot, country boy look. You get what you want. Nothing ever stops you. But in this case, I... In this case, what? There's a weak link in the chain around that place. For instance, you could make sure they'd have trouble getting their license renewed. Or buy the place. Fire everybody in it. Have somebody killed. I don't care. This way, Miss Manning. Thank you, Doctor. I must be frank. I have been compelled to do this against my best medical judgment. Yes, Doctor. I don't think you can do the patient any good. Have you been able to do her any good? She refuses to speak. She has shut out the world. It is all part of a reaction to a severe overdose of drugs. May I see her, Doctor? If you insist. You may go inside. Maureen. Maureen. You have a visitor. Maureen. Please leave us, Doctor. Very well. Darling, she's gone, and we're alone. I'm here, finally, Maureen, dearest. Who are you? It's me, Mother, Mommy. Mommy? Mm-hmm. I don't have a mother. I don't anymore. Oh, yes, you do. They tried to keep me away from you, but I'm here. Why? I'm here to help you. Help me? Darling, I heard you call to me. You said, help me. No. No, you can't help me. Nobody can help me. Let me try. Because nobody loves me for myself. I do. Nobody wants me for myself. Darling, I want you. Oh, yes. Now you want me. You come to see me now. Where were you? Maureen. Listen to me. Oh, I'm so tired. Everything hurts. I'm so lonely and frightened. You don't know what it is. I do. I do. Please go away. Just let me disappear. That's all I want. Please. No, I won't go away. Please. Please, Mommy, please. Never, darling. I'm going to help you. I'm scared. You don't have to be scared ever again. Mommy is here with you and you'll come home with Mommy. Mommy? I'll always be with you. Nothing bad will ever happen again. Mr. Carlson and I have come by to pick up Miss Lovell. Oh, Did you want to take her out for a drive? No, I thought we'd take her home for a while. Miss Manning, you deserve a medical degree of some kind. Mr. Carlson, this charming and extremely able lady, worked a most miraculous cure. She saw Miss Lowell yesterday. I don't know what she said or did, 
But do you know what happened? What happened? Last night, Maureen sent for me. She was still weak, but better. Whatever was raging through her was gone. She said, Doctor, I've quit fighting it. I want my mother. I'm going home to mother for a while. Oh, Roger, I told you she wants to come home. Oh, that is wonderful. Yes, dear. She is going home today. I telephoned her mother last night. Her mother? But I... Her mother in Carbondale, Pennsylvania. Mrs. Lover flew out this morning. She should be here any minute. Her... Her mother? Her mother. All she really needed was her mother. How did you know that, Miss Manning? Oh, here comes Maureen now. All dressed and ready to go. Maureen, my dear, may I see you for a moment? She may not remember you, Miss Manning. I think she believed she had a dream. And everything suddenly became clear to her. Yes, Dr. Cullen? I would like you to meet Miss Manning. How do you do, Miss Manning? And Mr. Carlson. How do you do, sir? Maureen? Oh, you look troubled, Miss Manning. Oh, but you shouldn't be. This is a very good place. They really do the job for you here. Oh, that's the taxi. And Mother's here. Mother, I'm coming. I'm coming. Miss Manning, are you all right? Uh, Miss Manning has had a hectic day. I think we'll just sit down for a moment in the lounge, may we? Of course. Celeste? Well, Celeste, are you ready for the real thing? It, uh... It would be too hard. The make-believe's even harder. How about the real thing? It's too late. Too late for make-believe also. All the years were wasted. No. No, they weren't. You were a mother. What a foolish dream. But you made it real at the end. For the most important few hours of her life, you actually were her mother. Was I? Was I really? You saw the proof of it. She was saved by the way only a mother could save her. A lot of love is needed in this world. Hmm. Celeste? Yes? Love, real love, starts with two people. And it radiates from there all over the whole world. What do you say, Celeste? The question is, can a billionaire industrialist find happiness with a millionaire advertising executive? It's a question that boggles the mind. But somehow, I believe it's in line with the old saying by Mr. Virgil, love conquers all, so therefore... Let us all surrender to love. What is the moral of our story? Any love, even if it exists in the imagination, is better than no love at all. I shall return shortly. in the name of love 
Well may the philosopher ask, for everything is done for a love of one sort or another. Love is the most prevalent and pervasive of all the emotions. Love can be good, and love can be bad. But whichever way it goes, we live with it. Don't the vows read, Do you take each other for better or worse? Our cast included Terry Keene, Norman Rose, Robert Dryden, and E.V. Juster. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Uh, Mademoiselle, I am most happy to make your acquaintance. Thank you, Lieutenant. I am aware of your father. He lived here for several years and, if I recall, married a lovely English woman, yes? That's right. My mother died a few years ago. Ah, and the professor? In good health. He's the head of the anthropology department in Ithaca. Splendid. And the missing girl, Antoinette Duchamp. Well, she lives with us. She came here on a holiday. Any clues, Lieutenant? I have one, but do not excite yourself. We have made a thorough check of all automobile accidents between here and La Chapelle. Uh, there is one that may provide the clue we seek. She, she was in an accident? Uh, the car was in an accident. Heavy rain, a rock slide. What about my cousin? And there was no trace of her. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.